Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to the Conference Championship Weekend Left Coasters Podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. And folks, if you watched football this weekend, you yourself are covered in chalk. Because in both the AFC and the NFC, we have the one and the two in the conference championships. New England Patriots traveled to Arrowhead to face the Kansas City Chiefs. And your Los Angeles Rams go into the Superdome to face Drew Brees, old Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, 200 yards catching whenever he plays the Rams, Michael Thomas. It's a scary proposition for the Rams. New England, it's the GOAT versus the new guy. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. But before we get there, before we get to those picks, we have to talk about how these teams got there. No underdogs, no surprises, no hot streak teams coming in, no team that started off 1-5 and and found their way to success, making it to the final game. Nope. You must have had a bye if you wanted to move on. Are you guys happy or a little bit, you know, saddened by these uh, these outcomes here? Because it is the chalk. When we watch March Madness for the NCAA tournament, if all one seeds made it through to the Final Four, yes, we're getting the best teams, but we're also kind of like there's no, you know, Sister Mary's Church of the of the Poor State College in there as well. You yeah, know what I mean? I think there's a little more parity there. I mean, there's a little or there's a little more I think of the scale of parity if you know what I mean. Like, you know, just because of the sheer number of teams that are involved. But e- even though here, even though you've got four chalk seeds, I mean, there's not a single team here that you can truly say is without a flaw or that does For not sure. have a a very glaring weak spot. I mean, I think if we just went rapid fire around the table right now, I'm sure we could all point to one thing that, you know, each of those teams needs to do better or hasn't done well all season long. You know, what, what, is it, what, need- is it, what is it for the Patriots? Everyone wants them to lose? Is that their flaw? <laughs> everybody, no one wants everybody them to Everybody really does want them to lose. Which, like, from again, from a from a neutral fan standpoint, I get when it's just like, oh, it's the same team over and over again. Like, not, and as a not, or yeah. if I weren't a Patriots fan, because I, I look at the NBA and I'm like, I, why would I want to watch the NBA Finals when it's just going to be the Warriors and, you know, whichever team doesn't suck in the East yeah. every year. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I see that and I get that. But as a Patriots fan, I'm ecstatic about the results, of course, because we're competing for another Super Bowl opportunity. It is a remarkable, remarkable career Tom Brady has had. Brian, what about you? Do you like that it's the chalk in the finals, the best teams in the world, or would you like to see a, a Philly, a Chicago, an Indy, a surprise team somewhere? I can only answer that question by what could happen, and if the next round of games proves to be just completely epic, yep. then it was the right thing. Because yep. nothing more is disappointing than getting to the AFC or NFC Championship, or even for the Super Bowl for that matter, and watching a blowout. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So if the right teams, which by all accounts you know, proves that 
going to this next level shows that you're you're more equipped to handle the pressure like we saw in New England. Like I didn't like watching that. I just I thought it was not fun, but it showed me that New England once again proves that they have this extra gear yeah. that comes on in the playoffs. And you know what it is? It's discipline. It's yeah. just pure unadulterated discipline. The, the Los Angeles Chargers prove that they are not the most disciplined team when it comes to consistency. Yeah, they're it's not just, there yet. It's not it, and I don't know if it, they'll ever be there. But I, I think, you know, every other team like the Patriots, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Saints, every single one of them can tout the fact that they are a complete team that that performs when it counts. Yep. Hey, regular season matters. They got the bye week. They got the move on. Well, they got to host the, the division round game, and all the home favorites won. Since we are an L.A. podcast, why don't we start with the Chargers, even yes. though they didn't play? Why don't we start with the Los Angeles yeah. Chargers, since we spent, obviously, a very good portion of our season talking about a lot the Chargers. A lot of time on this squad. Rough start to the season. Turned things around in an incredible way down the stretch. Best record uh, in the AFC. Best record in the, a- best record in the AFC. Uh, not a lot of years you see uh, a 12-4 and four team end up as the 5 Five seed yep. in the AFC playoffs. Um, so, Tony, you usually intro these things. Let's start with you. What do you think the Chargers need to do better next season? Uh, what can they take away from this game? Um, is it an overreaction to say that Phil Rivers is never going to win a Super Bowl? No, I, I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. It is very, very difficult to even He's thirty-seven get, to even get to the Super Bowl. It's going to be tough. It's not for looking him good to return to this. But you got to look at this team as a whole and be very excited about where the team is going. If you believe that Phil has a few more years left in the tank, they could be a few more years of contention, of of fighting for those twelve and four, that divisional title, that bye week. Yeah, I'm very excited to be a fan of this team. The one thing I would look forward to, the one thing I would pinpoint and say, this is what needs to change in order for them to succeed. And I think you got to. Uh, you got to go through it in the draft or in free agency, and you got to be very careful with who you pick because they lost this game for one reason, one reason only. Gus Bradley forgot to make a defensive adjustment for the seven days he had between Baltimore and oh, I was going to say, they England. got out coached. They lost that game because they, they got out coached. They came out against Tom Brady, who's a slightly different quarterback than Lamar Jackson, and had the same defensive game plan to run four D linemen and seven defensive backs, which I understand speed runs the NFL, but it wasn't going to work against a team that ran it down your throat over and over and over again with Gronkowski, who's a, who's a certifiable left tackle when he just asked He's the a block. Very very underrated lo- so, run blocker. So if I'm the Chargers, the one thing I want to address, the reason why I played seven defensive backs is because I have such great depth along the D-line that I can trust them to do what they need to do and cover gaps. I also trust my defensive backs to cover the safeties. The, the, the cornerbacks do well. And I got enough that I can play seven out there and feel good about it. What I don't have is that middle middle linebacker that can run your defense. Not everyone's Luke Keekley. But even you saw what A.J. Klein can do when he went from the Panthers to the Saints. He changed the rush uh, defense of the Saints. And he's not a great linebacker. He just does what a middle linebacker needs to do. He gets his nose dirty, he gets in between the tackles, and he makes plays. Chargers don't have one. They just don't have one. They got great edge rushers. They got great D-linemen. They got great cornerbacks. They had to play seven of them in the playoffs because they couldn't find a linebacker to make the field. I'd look in the linebackers. What do you guys think the one thing the Chargers, our Chargers, need to do to advance from a 12-4 and record next year? You pointed out something that was detestable to me was the amount of balls being caught out of the backfield by the New England Patriots. There was probably the first 
you know, quarter and a half. Tom Brady didn't even look to his second receiver. He dumped that guy off as fast as he could. There was just times where he was just dumping fast because there was so much gap between where the linebackers were to where they were getting, and you could just see a lack of athleticism out of those guys edge to edge, and then it would come up the middle, and there and there wasn't a linebacker to stop them. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it, that's a very good point. I think even to take it further, I think, I just think, there needs to be more um, maybe one more piece to that offense, maybe a, a, a game-changing tight end. Because and as, a, as good as Antonio Gates is, I, I think that next-level tight end is actually one thing we see in every single team other than the Chargers moving forward. Mm-hmm. You look at the New England Patriots. You look at Ben Watson, what he's doing for New Orleans. I think every team has that really productive, good athletic tight end that I think the Chargers are missing. You don't think Hunter Henry's that guy? Uh, if he is, he's not healthy enough to be there. Yeah. So that's that's to me the the issue. I think they could use that next level tight end. And where they're going to be selecting in the draft, there's going to be a really good tight end. There's always one tight end or two tight ends that come out of the draft every year that go in that later run. I think that they they could get that next level tight end out of, uh, out of their position this year and get a lot out of it for next hey, year. I mean, again, looking at this two years ago, we we saw these charges coming in and we saw that you know it might be for some rough sledding on this move to Los Angeles, but they've kind of made it their home. They're getting a little bit of uh, fanfare out here. The 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 games that they they uh, have his home games is still mostly attended by the away team fans, but hey, you got to start somewhere. And the team was it was a success this year. You made it to the final eight. You made it to the final eight yeah. as a wild card team. You were twelve and four. That's a pretty fucking awesome season. But, and you're gonna get a relatively easy schedule. You're not gonna have to play the first place teams next year because you finished second. So I'm excited. I think they can do it. I think they can improve upon it. Dangles, what do you think is the one thing they should focus on heading into the off season? Uh, well, if that game on Sunday was any uh, any indication that they they maybe need to draft one more really solid offensive lineman because Phil Rivers was just getting abused There's all a lot day of long by, down by there, that yeah. uh, by that, and he was he was visibly frustrated from pretty much the first quarter on with how often he was being hit. I don't know if that was partially. I think it was probably partially that the refs weren't calling it as often as he liked it. And Partially yeah. that he was just frustrated that guys, because Trey Flowers was inside his jersey from the second that ball was kicked off mm-hmm. all day long. Trey Trey Flowers was basically wearing number seventeen in white. Yep. Like uh, you know, and so if I mean you know maybe another offensive lineman could help shore things up. I also agree with you. I think I think some uh, focus on the defensive middle of the field, a middle linebacker to really just because because the middle linebacker is the glue that holds the whole defense together. And, and if it's... your middle linebacker is strong. Everything else kind of goes limp, a little more limp than I think it might be otherwise. And it's also not a position of of need, of necessity. It's almost like now becoming the running back of the defense where there's so much on the outside of the field. There's so much speed in the game right now that the big middle linebacker, the old Brian Brian Erlacher is different. Brian Erlacher was faster than everybody on the field. But that type of guy where he's just going to be a run plugger is kind of... Uh, unnecessary in like on the third and down the Pat Mahomes players you know what I mean you don't need the middle linebacker for that you did and if Tom Brady and someone comes in and wants to run a smash mouth offense you need to be able to counter it with your with your Luke Keekley on the bench bring him out we saw that actually with the Indianapolis Colts and Darius Leonard yeah we saw what that defense did well when he got when he got good the, the Indianapolis Colts got got yeah. better because remember he was a second round draft pick he came in as a rookie yeah. but what he did every game by the end of the season that defense had an identity to, to Dangles's point they that that Indianapolis Colts defense was feared and I think that had another edge to it because of the middle linebacker play. so then let's quickly go through the other three teams that lost and start with Indy and what's the one thing Indy needs to do moving forward Indy was never supposed to be here this was a rebuilding year for Indy they didn't even know if Andrew Luck was healthy and now they come out they win ten games they make the wild card they 
win a wild card game away, and then they get their doors blown off by Kansas City. Dangles, one thing really quickly Indy should look at. Uh, I probably got to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I think a dominant over the top quarterback, uh, cornerback, would be helpful for them to, to defend nice. to defend against the deep ball. Uh, they're a beatable team. They don't really have anybody who can who can make huge plays. They got Pierre Desir, who who is a good young safety. I'm sorry, he's a he's a cornerback. Uh, they don't really have uh, uh, a, a guy who can go down and play the deep ball like that. So okay. I think that would be that would be where I would go because Darius Leonard's your guy on defense. Um, you know, obviously going forward, he's yeah. going to be the stud. But hey, the bar's been set. You know, they set themselves the bar this season and say, okay, we can do this. This is where we can play. Same thing for the Chargers. They set the bar for themselves. They set the bar for themselves this season. I would almost say the Chargers don't need to do a whole ton outside of regular, some regular retooling. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but as far as the Colts go, you know, and the same thing for them. Maybe they have to pay a little bit more attention um, on the, the defensive side of the ball. I have read some rumblings that Le'Veon Bell could end up going to Indy. I could potentially see that as a place, but I would be surprised if the I'd GM be... would go and spend that much money on a There was back. also some rumblings recently that Antonio Brown wants to go to San Fran 49ers. I'd be afraid to have either Bell or Brown after what they've done in Pittsburgh. That'd be You'd have to have a very strong locker room, tight-knit locker room, to have them come in and be successful. You don't think AB would be excited to go in and play for a young guy like Kyle sure. Shanahan who's going to open up the offense sure, and but, really let him hit the gas? But and... what happens when they start off 2-4 and because shit happens in the NFL? Is he going to be the one and the first one in line being like, we can get this guy as we He's can a tough together? Teammate. He's a tough um, teammate. Quickly for me, for Indy, I'd love to see them find a ba- find a boundary wide receiver to help T. Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron out. I think they got the middle of the field, the speed. Fine. I don't even need an expensive one. I need a Demarius Thomas type, a veteran guy that you can count on in third down. Brian, what do you think the uh, one? I thing actually needs? disagree with you because I thought uh, Inman, w- number fifteen. Dontrell? Yeah, he Holy played very Lord. well, didn't he? He is. He's he's a fresh uh, breath of fresh air for that offense to have that kind of boundary guy. I think going to Dangle's point, I think they need what what Patrick Chung was. For, for the New England mm. Patriots, that big physical back mm-hmm. that that stops the run and plays yeah, he really can play coverage. He can blitz if you need him to. Cover Patrick Chung yeah. is Patrick Chung is one of the best blitzing safeties out there. They <laughs> need they need a body flying around like that so that Darius Leonard can can instill fear yeah. into because because think about the Baltimore Ravens of old. If you I, I think that some of those were the most perfect defenses because of what they had in the back, what yeah. they had on the backside um, uh, to, to pair with their middle linebacker. I'd go that route. There's I tried a couple to... of fun safeties out there, and Dangles said uh, before we were recording they're going to have over $100 million in cap room, the Indianapolis Colts. Are. They can spend some money to get some That's going to be a dangerous there. team in free agency. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the NFC team, the NFC losers, I should say. The Dallas Cowboys come to mind first. They came into L.A. They had a lot of fans in the stadium, as we predicted, and uh, there were two 100-yard runs rushes in that game almost as we predicted except they both were for the Los Angeles Rams what does Dallas need to do a very young exciting defense Jason Garrett is the head coach of the future Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the future Ezekiel Elliott is the running back of the future and Amari Cooper they got to re-sign him that should be automatic the first thing they do but he could be the wide receiver of the future because he played very well in the playoffs very very well in the playoffs very reliable the whole entire time he was in Dallas one thing Dallas needs to do to improve their stake next year they don't got to do much. They caught. They had the division this year. Philly's, you know, they still don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be in Philly. That division is right there for the taking. Brian, we'll go to you again quickly. Dallas needs what? I think they need edge rushers who are dangerous. Um, because you don't like Demarcus Lawrence and Randy, Randy Gregory, Gregory, and they they're great. But I think if if you're going to Demarcus gonna, Lawrence is a beast. He had a huge season. They're great, but I think I think if if you're going to continue to be the best 
best in that division mm-hmm. every year, it's going to be defensive dominance, yeah. uh, defensive line dominance. I think it, you know having the the New York Giants on your schedule, the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. uh, those teams. I think who are your co- competition. I I think the defensive line when when you're not when you're not stopping anybody, you know, from running or anything for that matter, uh, having scheme diversity is actually what the Dallas Cowboys were missing out. Because if you remember, their defense was really good. Unbelievable. Really good at the end of the year. I think scheme diversity killed this team. I don't think they had fle- they had flexibility across their line. I think they 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 were they succumbed to just having not the right pieces at the yep. right moment. I think if Houston Texans can show us anything, it's 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 kind of having the Jadavian Clowney, the the JJ yeah, yeah. Watt, the 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 merciless. I think having that in your in your coffers will will kind of hedge your bet on defense a little bit more because I think the offense is there. I think maybe having a tight end might might help them a little bit. I was going to go with tight end. I, 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 I was going to go with new offensive coordinator because I kind of think they need a different scheme attack with what uh, they have. I love the way they rush Zeke, but I think they can use Dak to a more efficient degree, except they came out recently and said that Scott Linehan, their current offensive coordinator, is staying as the offensive coordinator. So my one wish has already been not granted. So I'm going to go with tight end. Uh, Green Bay this year, heading into this year, yes, they signed Jimmy Graham, but they also came away with Lance Kendricks, a former Ram, and they came away with Mercedes Lewis, a former Jaguar. Not great players, not starters by any means, but you can find yourself a Dwayne Allen like the Patriots have and just have a reliable veteran in that field. Because there were times on the field, Rico Gathers had a big drop ball on a third down. There were a yeah. couple of missed blocks by their two other tight ends that I'm forgetting the name of. They just need a reliable tight end. You're not going to find Jason Witten. You're not, it's not going to happen, but you can go get a veteran tight end for cheap that can just be the reliable guy. The third blocker, the the play action guy, like you need it. You need you need to secure somewhere along the tight end uh, uh, line. Dangles. Dallas. Well, I can't pick move on from Jason Garrett because no. that would be my pick. I think I think they should change their minds and fire his ass and hire somebody new. Um, but since I have to stick with things that are on the field, I'll point to a couple of things. First of all, get someone to compliment Amari Cooper. I think that'd be helpful. Take some of the pressure I think off Gallup's him in the passing good. I game. I think they have it. He, he potentially, but but I think it's it would be sort of a band aid type thing. I think maybe you find somebody who's who's a little bit older, sort of a veteran, to kind yeah. of hold things over until you see whether Gallup is the real deal yeah. or if he's just a flash in the pan and we need to find somebody else yeah uh second i would say you need to go after a cornerback of some sort or a safety someone to to get into that secondary the cowboys starting secondary players combined for four picks this year that's it yeah uh, you can't you got to be forcing turnovers in a division in a division like that which is probably going to be up in the air again next year if you're able to win turnover battles in games and and have defensive backs that can go up and win 50 50 balls yep. you're going to give yourself a great chance to be successful so four picks over the course of a season that doesn't that does not uh, instill fear in me as an offensive no. coordinator when I'm going up against you as a secondary. I think they're they're one of the best teams in the NFC of the linebacking core, uh, and their defensive line is very very strong. And I agree with you. Tight end would uh, would be probably helpful. probably be helpful. be helpful as um, well. Let's go now to the team that lost the final game of the divisional weekend. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's take the quarterbacks out of it. The Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. Who's the quarterback? What do they do with the other one? Let's take that conversation out of it because we can, we're going to have that conversation for months until a decision is actually made is the answer to the Philadelphia Eagles there's many things that could be the answer but I think the number one thing for them is a running back 
right? You yeah. can't have Wendell Smallwood all of 30 yards in the divisional playoff on 15 carries be your lead running back. Well, decide, you can't do decide it. what the future is. I mean, you do have Jay Ajayi, and he's still young, and he's still serviceable, and assuming he comes back healthy, you know, you've got your you've got potentially your number one guy in Jay Ajayi. He's just a guy who ran for 200 yards two games in a row not that long ago. But did he you even know? Fi- what, I, I'm, I don't know the Jay Ajayi stats off the well, top of my head, but has he finished a year healthy? Probably not. Well, and that's what I'm saying. You know, is is that's that's part of the decision I think they're going to have to make. Is it is it this guy? Uh, what is it? Adams? What? Josh Adams? You're finding C.J. Anderson and Damian Williams on the on the. He's selling cars. He's you know C.J. Anderson didn't have a job before two weeks ago and he's rushing for a hundred yards. Why are you relying on Wendell Smallwood and Darren Sproles when you need a guy who could be the bell cow back? You are a run pass option offense. You need the run part of that equation. Or yeah. else it's it's tough. No, I mean I I, I I agree with you. I think that I think that a decision has to be made with how that team is going to as much as Doug Peterson likes to pass the ball, how they're gonna move forward uh in in their running game. I think their main focus in the offseason just needs to be get healthy. This team was decimated unhealthy. by yeah. in- injuries this year. Um, you know, it's, who knows what could have been if they if they didn't lose it, some of their marquee players. It's hard to repeat success, Dangles. Well, it is. Not only the New England Patriots can do it. It's hard my, to do it. My yeah. my remedy is is exactly up that alley. I think depth. I think yeah. what the Eagles did this past draft and Dallas, drafting Dallas Goddard and having a couple other players, LeBlanc, you know, like having that really young player perform at at, at the moment of, you know, the most pressure like yeah. LeBlanc did, uh, the DB, uh, it was really impressive to watch. I think for them it's timing too. It's putting all the right pieces because, you know, in your head, you think about a weakness on this team, they kind of don't have one. If you look at their wide receivers. No, I think they win that game if Alshon Jeffrey catches the ball. Yeah. I, 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 his hands. I, I really think, think they win that game. I think they win that game too. They were sad, on the 30. They enough. were heading in. Nick Foles is calm, cool, and collected. But, but their offensive line, their backup, their backup, uh, their backup starting offensive lineman is Wozniewski and he's he was a starter the year before yeah you know what I mean so yeah. it's it's there it's not a, it's not an offensive line problem it's not a quarterback problem it's not a wide receiver problem it could be maybe the running back it's definitely not tight end you know you go to the defense their defensive line was was goddamn amazing yeah when they were on the field Holy a, lot, a God. lot of them exited with injury too. and I don't think they had any short, shortcomings in the in the defensive backfield maybe I don't know maybe linebackers maybe having a little bit more speed um to do more blitzing other than that I don't even know what they could do differently yeah they're a good team they honestly I they, I mean Drew Brees would have had a chance to answer but it looked like Philly was going to score and go ahead in that game and then that pick happened but yeah Philly's gone all, all all the six seed the five seed the four seed the three seed all gone it's down to the ones and twos, which we'll break down at the end of this show. We have three more head coaches that have officially been hired. Two more have been rumored. We're not going to talk about them till it's set in stone, then it's official. We have three coaches. We did three last week. We have three more this week. Uh, they're, they're interesting. They are very, very interesting. I know me and uh, Brian will disagree on one, but we'll save him for last. Let's start with uh, Vic Fangio. The former defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears has left Chicago to go to greener pastures and take on an already very good defense in the Denver Broncos. Gary Kubiak, rumored to be the offensive coordinator, not the offensive coordinator, is staying on as sort of like a advisor type thing. It's a weird relationship Gary Kubiak has with John Elway, but he's not the OC. Vic Fangio is going at it alone. He's going to have his own team. A deserved guy. This is kind of like Mike Zimmer's situation of a few years back. He was a DC forever. Everyone was expecting him to get a head coaching job. He never got a look. He got shunned by some teams. Now he's a head coach in Denver. Do you guys like this hire or dislike this hire? My question is, why did he get shunned again? 
Uh, great question. I have no idea why he got shunned. They it? wanted offensive minds, most likely. Oh. And he's an older guy for sure. I don't he's think he's a sexy. He's not DC. a sexy guy. He's not a sexy guy. There's a, there's an element to to that backstory, and I think it has a lot to do with why we're about to talk about some other coaches. Yeah. There's a look factor, and yeah. Vic Fangio is not that not the the prettiest looking guy. He's an old school kind yeah. of blue collar guy. I think he works really well in this in this defensive. I scheme. love him for Denver. I I think it's a very good marriage, and I think he's a hard nose non-bullshit guy and i'm very excited to see what he can do in the nfl and put his finger on the head coaching position i hope he gets a few years to get it under him because again john elway said this john elway said this in the press conference and it boggled my mind because he was the one making all these decisions but he said we have to find offensive consistency this will be the fourth different offense in four years and that needs to change john elway said that it's john elway's fault it keeps changing if vic fangio gets it, uh, some years under him i think he can do wonders for not only the defense but get a good oc with him that team's a good team. I love Denver next year. Dangles, you like the Vic Fangio hire? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, look, this this Bears defense that he coached this past year was fundamentally incredibly sound. They were yes. great tacklers. They wrapped up the ball carrier. You know, they 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 punched the ball when they could. They forced fumbles. They they made interceptions. They played great. Just every facet was good, good fundamentals. And from what I've read about Vic Fangio, that's a big part of his game. He focuses on the fundamentals. He wants you to understand the fundamentals. That's He's gonna an be old, great. old school coach. That's gonna be great for this defense. I mean, you got you come in as Vic Vic Fangio and you have a good mix of veterans like uh, Darian Stewart and Chris Harris uh, and Brandon Marshall and you've got new guys uh, you know like like Bradley Chubb new toys like yeah, that the- and and the Broncos may have had the best surprise gift out of the, anyone in the NFL all season long on the offensive side of the ball with Philip Lizzie coming out of by God nowhere and being the you know and the top guy that he is I back. mean he's going to be drafted in the top 10 in most fantasy leagues next year you can almost you can almost bank on it yeah if Angio's got um, a great DN combo Brad Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And Von Miller, oh, of course. Boy. Yeah, how could we? How could I forget him? No, I mean, I think it's it's you. It's a great. It's a good hire for the Denver Broncos after Vance Joseph, who was kind of just this. I think he was just kind of a milk toast. Oh, he, he didn't have a lot of personality. Stick. He didn't. He didn't seem like the team ever really played hard for him. I disagree. Um, they played so hard down the end of the stretch. Here. I don't think. I don't think he was the right fit for that team Aye. and was and was probably a victim of circumstance. Yeah, uh, definitely a victim of circumstance. Let's move on to the next guy. Talk about a victim of circumstance. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was saving him for later. We got to talk about Adam Gase. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Freddie fucking Kitchens. But Adam Gase, the New York Jets head coach, gone from Miami Dolphins, now the New York Jets. He has Sam Darnold in his back pocket. He gave one of the oddest news conferences I've ever seen. Now you get to see what you're all about with the New York Jets. Wide-eyed Adam Gase. I like Adam Gase. I'll go first. I really like Adam Gase. I think he's going to do really well for the Jets. I like what he can do for Donald, but I'm interested to see what you two have to say. Coach Miami for a few years, won some big games, made the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill. Do you think he can do anything for New York? This one, this is the, actually the hire that boggles my mind the most. Really? Oh, by far. I, I think there's there's coaches who are older, who have had their, their experiences and have matured and like a fine wine get better with age Vic Fangio yeah we've got our guys like some of the the coaches like Sean McVay who are these somewhat you know above average prodigy you know types who are beautiful and are very salesman-y and very good for your franchise I don't know where Adam Gase falls in that Mm. but somewhere in the middle and I and he doesn't do it for me and I think he's an odd guy I think he's he's kind of a mad scientist kind of feel to him I agree with that which is cool but 
where's the results? Yeah. I, I I think if your feather in your cap is the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill, I I'm I'm looking around a little yeah, bit more. Okay. Okay, Dangles. Um, I was just looking at Adam Gase's Wikipedia page and some of the coaches <laughs> that he's served. You ready for this? You ready for this list? It's not that they're bad coaches, but I think you'll notice they all have one kind of glaring thing in common. They're not coaching anymore. Nick Saban, Steve Mariucci, Rod Marinelli, Mike Nolan, Josh McDaniels, and John Fox. What do all these men have in common? They were fired. They all stunk as head coaches. Every okay. single one of them. In the NFL. In the NFL. In the NFL, I should say yes. In the NFL, they all stunk as head coaches. I think. I think he's done really good in the offenses that he has had. And I think him with Sam Darnold is going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it helps Sam grow. But but do you, does it does it concern either one of you that he played for the Miami Dolphins, the same in in conference head coach? Like literally, you just it's a little rec- weird. Isn't you it? just recycled one coach from from a losing. It's a little weird, right? Is that weird? That's I just weird that's to me. Weird. Well, I mean, if uh, we don't know how things are going to shake out, but that could happen with the Dolphins too if they move forward with the you know the reports that they're going to hire the Patriots now defensive coordinator Brian Flores or linebackers. Coach. Well, that makes more linear sense or like you know progressional sense if you're talking about being a defensive coordinator and fe- feeling like this guy's the real deal. And we're going to hire him. You literally just took another team's coach who didn't. You want went them. from a project team to a project team. I see what I see. I'm, I see what you, I'm, I see I'm what looking you're at it from a from an organizational standpoint, not necessarily from like Gase's. Like you're literally the Jets. I want the t- that that'd be like. That that would be like the 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 Green Bay Packers, you know, getting Matt Patricia after he gets dumped by the Detroit Lions. Well, I don't, I don't that know. That doesn't make sense that, to me. I don't know. I don't know how much is honestly going to change in New York. I have to be honest. Until Woody Johnson is no longer running running things in New York, I don't think that the culture, I don't think that the way things happen in the New York Jets organization is going to be any different with this new head coach. Until there's someone else calling the shots from the top. Speaking of culture, let's move on to the next guy. The Cleveland Browns, I, we, talk, we actually argued about this on the podcast. What was the sexiest spot if you were the head coach in waiting? What was the sexiest spot to go to? We all decided that it was undoubtedly Baker Mayfield, the young studs of the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland had their pick of the litter. They could have gotten anyone they wanted. Any one of the head coaches out there could have gone to Cleveland and become the head coach. The bell of the ball. And they decided the person that is going to come in and change this culture, make us not the lowly Browns with the bags over our head, but rather we're going to be the championship Browns. This guy that is going to be the savior was our running backs coach the whole fucking time. Freddie Kitchens, the OC (laughs) for the past seven weeks in Cleveland, is now the offensive coach. He's now the the head coach, he is running a team in the NFL. Freddie Kitchens, I think it is the stupidest move that Cleveland could have made. I don't care what his relationship is with Baker. You could have said, Freddie, we're going to keep you on, but you're going to be the janitor. And he would have said, okay, coach, I'll be there. But now he's the head coach running the shots. I think it's a ridiculous decision. What do you two think? I think what's funny about it, I see it from a different point of view. I see it from the Cleveland Browns burnt like fucking toast perspective this team has not gotten the coaching thing right they just haven't no they haven't so why are you gonna let the guy who's the only guy out of all the sexy higher coaches that you've had in the past some not so sexy some more sexy than others but you've had guys who walk through those halls that fits the mold of a lot of these other coaches being hired by other teams yeah why are you gonna let the one guy who kind of has done it right he didn't. He wasn't even the coach, though. Yeah, but he was the coach of their of their last couple wins. No, he right? wasn't. Greg Williams was. He he wasn't. He wasn't. The success of that. <laughs> no, but the success of that team rode on Baker Mayf- Mayfield's per- progression. Yes. So yeah. sorry to disappoint people out there who thought that the Cleveland Browns had a good defense. They don't. No, they don't. They, they fucking not. don't. They the only not. team 
the only thing that 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 got Baker Mayfield going was was that offensive coordinator. So I think they're not willing to let the thing that works out the door. They're a fucking hodgepodge. They'll take anything that works. They're so desperate to pick anybody who knows who can who can get the right mixture going. And I and I don't blame them. I kind of don't blame them. Freddie Kitchens, great name. I cannot wait to see what he does on the field. I cannot wait to see where he hides his red challenge flag. Dangles, is this a good hire or a bad hire, Mr. Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland? It's hard to say. I don't really know that much about Freddie Kitchens other than he <laughs> Nobody was the, does. He was the offensive coordinator. He was coordinator barely on hard for, knocks. For the Browns. I'm so it's hard it's hard to say. Yeah. I, I think I think they are take rolling dice that his um rapport with Baker Mayfield and the success they had moving the football will translate in a, in a head coaching. I mean the guy's been the guy's been around. He's another Saban disciple from LSU. He only coached there for one year, but he coached under Saban. He coached under Ken Wisenhunt for for a few years as well. Um so Look, he's got an off. He's 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 obviously clearly, you know, he's he's got some chops in the offensive side of the ball. We'll we'll see what happens in Cleveland. It's like you said, Brian. They've gotten the gotten it wrong oh so many times. It's really hard to it's really hard to tell. I hope it works. I hope it works out for him because they were a very fun team at the end of the season. And Greg Williams, nowhere. Nowhere to be heard from. Uh, we will cover the other two hirings as they become official. They are, it is looking like there's a Ram and a Patriot going to coach those other two teams, but we don't know exactly yet because we still have the Rams and the Patriots in the playoffs. We will break down those championship games right after this. Left Coasters. And here we are, the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. This is it. There are only two more games before the Super Bowl. They're happening the same day. Championship Sunday coming up this Sunday. A very exciting time. Four teams. Four teams. Two of them have the chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, it's going to be interesting to find out. But before we go, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram, theleftcoasterspodcast.com. We're on Twitter under the same name as well. You can email us, theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your emails because you're going to help us decide who are getting the Coasties this year. Who do you think should be MVP? Who do you think should be Offensive Player of the Year? If you want someone considered for the Coasties, the world-famous Coasties podcast, which is hitting you a week from today, let us hear what you want to say on those Coasties emails. The Left Coasters podcast at gmail.com. Gentlemen, are you excited for the Coasties Awards? Are you excited to give us some awards? Oh, of course. Wear a tuxedo, throw a little bow tie on. The Coasties are always so much fun, and uh, hey, we have three... Three more hosts than the Oscars this year, so very that'll true. be that'll be great. Very true. That'll our be a lot jo- of fun. Our jokes are probably gonna be worse. Uh, I I don't know. They might be on par. Well, they, if there are no hosts, there cannot be any jokes. Therefore, our jokes will have to be better than the no jokes that the no Oscars hosts will be bringing to the show. That is probably gonna have worse ratings than last year, which were already terrible. Our ratings are great for the Coasties. I can't wait. You excited for the Coasties, Bri? Oh, I'm very excited for all the. Uh, the before and after uh, photos, the the parties, the oh, yeah. the yes. green room chats, yes. the you know the the post the champagne, the post uh, oh, trophy uh, presentation yeah. in the back, you know, yeah. to the press. There's a lot to be there's a lot to be uh, excited about. It's a crazy I'm, night, man. You know, crazy I, night. I I always end up uh, end up regretting myself, re- regretting life the next day. I know. You know? So, Nose is bleeding a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough time. I was thinking about a hangover. But. It's a tough time. <laughs>
What are All you doing? Right. So we have two games before the Coasties, two games before the Super Bowl. The storylines are going to be great no matter what the Super Bowl is. The four teams that we have, each one of them, you can see you can see the pregame packages that NBC and Fox will put together. It's Brady versus Mahomes, the, the king versus the guy trying to take his throne. It's Breeze versus Goff. Similar situation there. There are stories abound in this. The question is... Who's going to win these games? We're going to pick them in a second. Brian, you are leading the way in our playoff pick em challenge with a grand total of 10 points. Dangles, you have eight. Tony has seven. These games each are three points a pop. What's up first? First, we have our hometown Los Angeles Rams Woo! facing the New Orleans Saints at 12.05 p.m. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The early game. Yikes. The early game. They moved New England, Kansas City late. That's an interesting decision for me. NFC is usually the late one. But, yeah, Los Angeles Rams traveling to the Superdome. Both of yep. these games are matchups that already happened in the regular season. The Rams did not fare well the first time they played the Saints. Michael Thomas set a franchise record for the amount of receiving yards he had, and Marcus Peters, the cornerback set to cover Michael Thomas, told him to keep talking. Keep talking. We'll see you again. Guess what? We're seeing him again. Guess what? Aqib Tlaib's now covered Michael Thomas because Marcus Peters, you can go cover Traquan Smith or whatever his name is. I'm scared to death of Michael Thomas. You should be. Scared to we death. We should be. He is phenomenal. He's a beast. 15 receptions last week. 15 receptions in a single solitary game. What? And 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 the best part about that, well, the most well, the best part about that is if you're a Saints fan, is that they weren't running the offense through Michael Thomas. Drew Brees can throw to Michael Thomas 15 times in a game, and they're not running the offense through. That is not any other team that would be running the offense through that player. The Saints have so many weapons that that is not them running the offense through Michael Thomas. It's remarkable. Yeah, but, it's really remarkable. But I'd also like to point out to all those who are, are stating the obvious, which is very true. The Saints did not have a great game. They I don't. Not. I don't think they they win. No, that. they had to. They had to go on an eleven minute drive to seal it in the end, and it was not a gimme by any means. They technically, in my opinion, save one mistake by one wide receiver. That's that might be Philadelphia in this game. This might be being played in Los Angeles. I agree. I think the New Orleans Saints are going to be awfully scary. However knowing that they they just got by the seat of their pants. And remember, this is that was their first game of the of the postseason. And the they first had, game since the Minnesota Miracle. They had two they had two weeks fully off. Yep. Two weeks fully off. Yep. I think it took them a long time to get their mode in running. And when yep. it started, whoa boy. Yep. But the big question that still has to be answered is what's with New Orleans's defense? I know they made up some big plays here and there, but at the end of the day they came within an inch of losing because of that defensive play. I think if I'm the the Los Angeles Rams, I'm feeling awfully good about what I can scheme up that we learned from the last time, but what we see right now coming out of this out of this New Orleans defense. I think there's chances to to exploit this, and I think it all rests on on this run game. Yeah, getting absolutely. Todd, getting Todd Gurley going often and early to C.J. Anderson, like getting getting that that mix together, I think is really a crucial component of taking pressure off Jared Goff and not putting all the pressure on him to to do well. And 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 like you said, Dangles, keep the clock running yeah. just keep that motherfucker running yeah. keep drew Brees off that field at all well, costs well you mentioned the running backs and i mean for the saints defense uh losing sheldon rankins their defensive Huge. tackle Huge. and one of their best interior uh defenders that's gonna open up a lot uh you know of space or an idea you know uh, theoretically would open up some space for todd Gurley and C 
C.J. Anderson, um, and and now you've got a situation where Sean McVay can't be looking. You, you can't you can't have a performance like C.J. Anderson had last week and then just be completely non-existent in the offense the following week. I or think, can I, you? I th- I think you got to change. I think he keeps the change of pace going again. Their game, you know, they're game planning for Todd Gurley. They're probably now also game planning for C.J. Anderson. Um, but but he he brings a little bit more. You know, he brings a little bit more size, I guess, to to the run for the uh, for the Rams. I think he's if, still going to be part of that offense. If you're Sean McVay and you're Bill Belichick, because I think these two points are the same exact thing, and you have a guy who could be the best player on the field in Todd Gurley and Rob Gronkowski, and you also know that for whatever reason, whether it be old age or nagging injuries, they are not at 100%, or if they're at 100%, it's a, it's a quick-to-empty fuel tank. Would you look at this first-round matchup against the Dallas Cowboys and against the Los Angeles Chargers and say, you know what? I might not need 100% Todd Gurley or 100% Gronkowski to beat these two teams. I might be able to get by on C.J. Anderson and a mix of Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett. Let me save Gronkowski and Todd Gurley for the when I really need them in the divisional, uh, the championship matchup and the Super Bowl. I think C.J. Anderson did his part and did his part unbelievably well. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Todd Gurley get a chunk more of the carries than he did against the Dallas Cowboys. I think they saved Todd Gurley for this game. He still carried the ball quite a bit, and he got some hits on him, but they gave the bulk, those middle-of-the-road carries where you just run through the tackles, to CJ, and I think those go to Todd Gurley against this second-ranked rush defense of the New Orleans Saints, now missing Sheldon Rankins. Personally, maybe that's a little bit conspiracy theory-ish. I just think they, uh, there's a plan ahead of the plan. I, I think it rests. I think that's an obvious, or, or rather, a, a, a astute point on on your on your part. But I think also what we saw work really well against the New Orleans Saints defense was an efficient, accurate Nick Foles. Mm. Which wide receiver went off in that game for the for the Philadelphia? Right, exactly. Who? who no, what, they don't have a Michael Thomas floating around. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar is good. Uh, um, what's his face? Number seventeen, Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey. He's a great. He's a gr- great big body. But you've got Dallas Goddard. You've got Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. You've got Golden Tate. I think the recipe is getting that ball spread around and making the defense really, really stand back and and not know who's going to get the ball next. Yeah. Um. If I remember correctly, what they did very poorly against the New Orleans Saints, unfortunately, though, was 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 trying to run the ball with 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 Todd Gurley and it not pan out early and often so I think it's going to rest on Jared Goff's ability to get the ball around and pick his second third receivers which again falls on the offensive line can the Los Angeles Rams offensive line keep Jared Goff standing upright and give him a chance to to, to make second and third pro, uh, uh, progression well, reads when the, we the, when these two teams met in the regular season we talked heading into the game that Jared Goff's best game as a pro in his rookie year was against these New Orleans Saints it was the only game he played well under Jeff Fisher and then he went in to, to the Superdome again, went 28 for 40, 391 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. They did not win the game, but Jared Goff played relatively well. Again, we have the second-ranked rush defense uh, for New Orleans over the regular season, only the 29th-ranked pass defense. I think this is a Jared Goff game. I truly think Jared Goff wins you this game. I think Drew Brees and Michael Thomas in the running game especially is going to be able to do much better than the Cowboys fared. You're going to need Jared Goff. You're going to need the accuracy. You're going to need him to hit Booby Cooks, Tyler Higbee, Robert Woods. Everyone needs to participate, and Jared Goff needs to sling the ball. 
Yeah, no, I think it's focusing. I think for each team, it's focusing on what you can impact because they're, each side has guys who are going to get theirs. Drew Brees is going to get his. Yeah. He, No matter what you do, Drew Brees is going to get his yards. He's going to find Michael Thomas. He's going to throw at him t- 20 times a game, and he's going to maybe catch 13 to 15 of those balls. That's just going to happen. And for the Rams, Todd Gurley is going to get his yards. If he gets fed the ball, he is going to get his yards. The question for the Saints or for the Rams is can Jared Goff, like we've talked about in the past, play big boy football, make those throws when he needs to and can, is he the kind of quarterback who can single-handedly win you a game with his arm and for the Saints I think it comes down to Alvin Kamara on the offensive side of the ball he's the key to that offense he opens up the pass game when he doesn't perform well and you can look at the Saints season and you can look at the stat lines for each of the games traditionally when Alvin Kamara doesn't perform well the Saints don't score a lot of points because it doesn't allow Drew Brees to get as as open up the passing game as much as he wants to mm-hmm. I think also what we need to acknowledge here is if both teams play to their ability and they play a plus games New Orleans wins the game I think the Rams have to really take advantage of of a being very good on every aspect of the game special teams being crafty being they they're gonna have to orchestrate a really solid game and and I think they're gonna have to rely on the New Orleans Saints making mistakes whether it be Drew Brees throwing an uncharacteristic uh, pick or or, or or getting the better of the of a of a mix-up in coverage uh, on defense I think that the New Orleans Saints are gonna have to make mistakes to lose this game and I think the Rams are gonna have to force those mistakes by being being really good at their job so then let's do it who's gonna to make the mistakes we've been following the Rams for the past three seasons who thought it would have come to this a conference championship game one more victory fellas and they make the Super Bowl will the Rams be in the Super Bowl Matthew D'Angelo Antonio yes they will Woo! The Rams are going to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I think they win a close game. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I think, I think that it's it comes down to stopping Alvin Kamara for the for the Rams. They're not going to be running him. Uh, newsflash for anybody who hasn't watched the NFL this year: Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue are very good. They're not going to be running him up the middle between the tackles. He's going to be bouncing to the outside, catching swing passes in the flat. He's going to be running tosses and sweeps, and 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 he's not going to be running in between the tackles. They're Probably not going to send Marvin or Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram, Mark Ingram through the tackles that much either. Um, I think this is going to be uh, a test for the outside tacklers, the cornerbacks as well of the Los Angeles Rams to wrap up and bring down Alvin Kamara and not let him turn the corner on you yeah. and take advantage of the of a pass of a of a pass defense that uh, that can be shaky. Uh, basically, just don't throw out Marshawn Lattimore. Oh man, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Dangles has the Rams. Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini, I ask you the same question. The Los Angeles Rams that we have been following, wholeheartedly loving for the past three seasons, from Jeff Fisher to now, one more victory. They are in the Super Bowl. Will the Rams be in the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Damn. I think Damn. Sean Payton Damn. will unfortunately be running onto that field at the end of the game. And I think. I, I dare say it. I don't know if it's going to be close. Mm. I think the wow. I think the New Orleans Saints are just getting their groove in their playoff, you know, uh, mood. I believe that they have all the pieces to make mistakes, a little bit, of, a little mistake here and there, and still beat a Rams team even on their really, really good day. Yeah. I just think the Rams, or the, rather the Saints, are that good. I think the, the Rams, unfortunately, have not been playing. 
good enough defense mm-hmm. uh, uh, consistently, and I think they're going up against a buzzsaw of an offense and a buzzsaw of an offensive coordinator who mm. orchestrated an incredible game against a cr- incredible defense last week. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be the New Orleans Saints, unfortunately. That leaves me as the tiebreaker, and yours truly, Tony Cavallo, the one and only, is going to be predicting, promising, and hoping for a Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl. <laughs> I would love nothing more than this team to be in there, and I'm betting this game fully with my heart. I think it's truly a toss-up. I don't think New Orleans is that much leagues better than the Rams are. Mm. I do think home field advantage is a huge issue, yeah. but I believe in Jared Goff. I believe in this team. And at some point, someone's going to figure out that it's only Michael Thomas offensively passing-wise. You can get the running backs, and you can cover them in the flats. If you send three people on Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn and Crayon Smith or whatever his name is, are not going to beat you. It's just not. Stop Michael Thomas, win the game, go to the Super Bowl, Sean McVay. I'm picking the Rams. Dangles on the Rams. Brian is on New Orleans. Let's move on to the AFC Championship. What do we got? At 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3.40 Pacific, Mm. we have the New England Patriots facing the Kansas City Chiefs. Just in, just in like Arrowhead. Just in like Arrowhead, man. Welcome back. Yeah. Where your like dreams we were your ticket. Just out. like we thought. Welcome back. Hey, hey, Welcome Daggles. back. Daggles. Patriots. Daggles. Uh Tom Brady's been playing for, I believe, 17 years, 16 years. Uh I 16 full seasons because he missed yeah. one with injury. Can you tell me how many times he's had the bye? Off the top of my head. This is an amazing stat, um, by the way. It's more amazing than the probably, eight straight AFC Championship I th- games. I think it's about 14 or 15. 13 yeah, out of 16 okay. years. Yeah. He's had a bye. Wow. He's had a bye week. Yeah. He's been so good, he hasn't had to play the first week. I love how good the Patriots and Tom Brady are, and I love how much ire it draws from everyone else. But the question is, this team now... It seems a little too big for their britches, these Patriots. All these interviews I see, the normal Patriots who don't say a goddamn word, they don't say a peep till the finish, they're talking a little bit. Tom Brady's talking a little bit. He's saying, you don't believe in us. I'm still here. Many men have come, but many men have failed. Tom Brady, and he's not the only one. The McCordys are out there talking, too. I don't know if I like this new-look Patriots. They usually stay silent. Now they're going to Kansas City where no one's as quiet as Pat Mahomes. The only interview he gives is the Peter King, and that's just to show off his no-look passes. I'm a little bit worried that the mojo in New England might be a little bit different. Am I wrong on this, Dangles? Keep it in the house is usually the philosophy. Yeah, you're right. Um, That is a bit of a departure. But I think this year is a different year for the Patriots. I don't think they are a lock as they have been in in many other years in a lot of people's minds. I think a lot of people see the defensive shortcomings that they had over the course of the season. I think a lot of people saw that Tom Brady wasn't his usual self uh, in a couple of games this year and started starting maybe to show signs of age. He certainly was last Sunday, and he, he looked as good as he's ever been. And just like I said Tom Brady turns it on in the playoffs just like a lot of people know I'm not the first person to say that uh, and you don't have to be a football guy to know that um, but I, I don't I like it I like the cockiness I like the I, because it's it's almost for the Patriots it's grounding because in order to be that way people have to think that you suck and that you can't do it and that that is humbling for a team which like the Patriots who I think you know if they had any other coach it would be easy for them to get inside their head but we're the Patriots we're just gonna we're gonna figure it out um but I I think I think in this case because of the year that they have and because of the team that they are and that 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 
that cockiness will go a long way in in their you know in making their 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 confidence go up. A gotcha. Bit. So I'm not worried about that. Aspect. And these two teams also met in the regular season, although it was a little bit different. The away team came out with it. What was the score in that game? It was 43 to 40 after a final last minute drive by Tom Brady that ended with a Stephen Guskowski field goal with three seconds left on the clock. Patriots Crazy. win. Crazy. Uh, and I want to read a small a short passage from uh, Peter King's uh, 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 Monday morning quarterbacks. Uh, well, it was his early morning meanderings, he says, uh, week six, Sunday night, uh, Patriots uh, win in Kansas City. If we're, This is from Peter King. Quote, if we're lucky, we'll get a Chiefs-Patriots rematch. The AFC Championship is 13 weeks away. Here's what I found interesting. Standing in the bowels of Gillette Stadium a minute after this one ended, one by one, the Chiefs came off the field. Heads mostly held up, no anger, no F-bombs. I almost couldn't tell they lost. That's because the young phenom, Patrick Mahomes, left 14 on the field in the first half, overthrowing what would have been two touchdown passes as the Patriots jumped out to a 24-9 halftime lead. The 40 we could have gotten, uh, the the 40 we got could have been in the 50s if we executed better, tackle Mitchell Schwartz said. This is what the Chiefs must have been thinking. Our guy, maybe the MVP, was just okay in the first half, and we still scored 40, and it took a 65-yard drive by the GOAT for the Patriots to survive. We'll be fine. Scary. So scary. that's wow. very scary. prescient, very prescient looking ahead to now where we are at. Ooh. And I think I think um, what he says in his next in, in, in the next line of this week's article is exactly right, which is what does this mean for the game on Sunday? That neither team is afraid of the other team. And I could not agree more with Peter King. And that's why I think this is going to be one hell of a ride, because these two teams don't fear each other. The Patriots have the experience. They know they can beat anyone. The Chiefs have the Probably the best skill, you know, roster top to bottom yep. in, on the offensive side of the ball in football, and they know they can beat anybody. Well, Hold on to your testicles, well, boys. <laughs> like the uh, we talked about this during the Chiefs and Patriots matchup. Brian was not in the building; it was just me and Dangles, and all we talked about was the Patriots Chief matchup because it was that important. Andy Reid against Bill Belichick is like Phil Rivers against Tom Brady. It just doesn't happen, folks. And every time Bill Belichick has faced Andy Reid in the regular season, Bill Belichick has made the Super Bowl. The stats don't lie. The same thing is happening. It's not a new world. It's the same old world, same shit, different day. Tom Brady is going to win another AFC championship game. At least that's what it looks like because they are the Patriots, and until the dragon is slayed, they're still the dragon. I don't think it's the same Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about, yeah. though. I think with Pat Mahomes, Pat, Pat Mahomes is the anecdote, I think, to Tom Brady. Mm. I think he is the guy that actually can and, and will perform in these games i think what the kansas city chiefs did at home last week was nothing short of incredible when you think about how high and how hard the chargers were were charging i think the chargers were truly a really good team and i think the new england patriots dismantled them because of home field advantage and Mm -hmm. i think the kansas city chiefs have to be thanking their lucky stars that they get their home crowd behind them against yep. this really difficult team. And I think the New England Patriots, who like the Chargers, uh, or rather, who like the Kansas City Chiefs, had the home field advantage uh, against the Chargers, the hard, hard-flying Chargers. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are thinking the uh, thinking to themselves right now, if we can just get momentum and yep. keep momentum. There is one thing Tony Romo said last week that just stuck out to me about the, the New England Patriots. When the New England Patriots put their foot on your neck, they don't let up. Yep. 
And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are not one of those teams either. And I to, to, to Dangles, absolutely. I think the home field advantage, though, plays strongly in the Kansas City Chiefs' favor this week. The stats back that up as well. KC was 8-1 and one in Arrowhead this season, including the playoffs. They averaged 32.2 points a game when they are playing in Arrowhead. And the Patriots lost all five of the games uh, that they did lose this season on the road. They were 3-5 and five on the road this season, and that's the worst record away from Gillette Stadium since 2000, which was Belichick. Belichick's first year Crazy. as the Patriots head Crazy. coach. So this does not, at least on paper, bode well for the Patriot for a Patriots team uh, that hasn't, I believe, won a road playoff game since 2007 when they beat the then San Diego Chargers in the AFC Championship. Could be one of the game. reasons why Tom Brady has such an illustrious playoff uh, um, uh, record because of the fact that he's had the luxury of playing in Gillette. Eight, you mean eight straight AFC championships? He's untouchable. He's untouchable at, at Gillette, and he is very much human on on the road. So then that leaves us to our picks. Dangles, I have a feeling you're. We know who you're going to pick, so we'll go to you first. I mean, I have to. The goat at Mahomes. How can I not choose my New England Patriots to win this game? Um, I think again, I'm going with experience. I'm going with you know as much as the Chiefs, as much as the Chiefs bring you know these incredible skill players to the table. I kind of know what to expect from the Chiefs' offense. Like, in the sense that Patrick Mahomes is going to make crazy throws. Tyreek Hill is going to be insanely fast and run a bunch of crossing routes. Is going to tear my man defense apart. Travis Kelsey is going to be a beast over the middle of the field. Like, I know these things are going to happen. And then Damian Williams probably shouldn't be overlooked, and he can, he can still run the ball. For the Patriots, anybody could be a star. It could be Gronk. It could be Jules. It could be Sony Michelle again, who was the star last week. It could be James White. It could be Chris Hogan, for all I know, who could come out of nowhere. Philip Dorsett could catch two touchdowns. You just don't know where Tom Brady is going to focus his energy, or he might spread it out and make everybody a star. I think that wild card factor is 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 rough, uh, is going to be rough on the Kansas City Chiefs, and ultimately, I think experience is just going to win out, and the Patriots are going to do what they always do and win when it matters, I uh, I I I hope more than anything that this is at least an interesting game because on paper it is, is there all the makings to be a classic. But the past four games, uh, eight games of the playoffs, I should say, both wild card weekend and divisional weekend, pretty much eight poor games. There were two games that came down to the wire end, but even those two Philly games, they were kind of lackadaisical and kind of sloppy early. I would love for these two championship games to live up to the hype, and I truly think New England and Kansas City as a lot to live up to because this could be a barn burner and for the past i don't know 15 years it has been the dumbest thing you could possibly do to bet against the patriots in the regular season and in the playoffs i don't recommend it starting would lose, now it would lose you a lot of money if you were betting against the patriots for the past 15 years they are as simple as can be the patriots just win however i love pat mahomes I truly love this kid. I think he's going to be the one that brings Andy Reid his first Super Bowl. I really do. And if he goes 5,000 yards and 50 TDs in his first year as a starter, and then he goes through the playoffs and he beats Tom effing Brady to go to the Super Bowl, my goodness, you couldn't start your life any better than that. I am picking Kansas City, and I'm picking against the Patriots. I'm being a dumb gambler, but I've been a dumb gambler for a long time. Kansas City, Brian, break the tie. 
I really believe the thing that the Kansas City Chiefs did, remember, they're all progressing still. These aren't static teams. They're not static human beings. They're getting better every week I and getting worse in some cases. But I think where the Kansas City Chiefs showed me last week against one of the best offensive lines in the league, and that is they can get pressure and they can cause and wreak havoc. What have we seen out of Tom Brady when he is not playing his best ball? Let's say the first half of the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl last year. You know, um, or two years ago, excuse me. I think the one thing that you see out of that game is when Tom Brady's pressured, he's that's when he makes the most mistakes, if not at all, but very very infrequent he's making mistakes, but he makes it when he's got pressure. See, I disagree. Face. I think he's one of the coolest cucumbers in the NFL when he's getting pressured. You see how close he steps up to guys when the pocket's collapsing? Yeah. You see how calm I'm he not is saying, I'm not he saying he's not ball? capable of playing well when he's pressured, but it's the only chance you got if you're going to win the game. Because well, sure, if yeah. you give Tom Brady too much time, Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady. And ask, the, and, ask the Chargers. And, and exactly, and, he's gonna, and that's what the Chargers couldn't do. Bosa was nowhere to be found. Yeah, neither was Ingram. Ingram, Nowhere to be found. What the what the Kansas City Chiefs have to recognize is they're going to give up big plays every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman's going to get you uh, uh, twenty yards on a pass. That gentleman what had something like fifteen catches for one hundred fifty five yards, something ridiculous. Again, you're you're going to get beat by this team every once in a while. But if you can just so happen to get Tom Brady off the field on a three and out because he got sacked on third down and 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 long, you've you've got a chance to continue to allow Pat Mahomes to run the clock, to make decisions that just keep getting you points after points after points. I don't think the New England Patriots are going to are going to stop Kansas City. I so I think it's it's be, be, beholden to the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line to cause havoc as much as physically possible. Get Justin Houston in there and 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 make plays and I think if that were to happen and I think it's likely with the momentum that they're feeling, I think the Kansas City Chiefs have the potential and will knock off the New wow. England Patriots. I really, you know, it's it's I think this this also the big thing here is going to be time of possession. These are two teams that love to hold on to the football. The Colts had uh, the Colts had the ball for just 20 minutes yep. yeah. of the game uh that they played this past weekend in in the divisional round. Uh and I don't know anybody else in the NFL who is more likely than Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to just like sit on a drive mm-hmm. and he'll they'll just move the chains and Tom Brady'll throw a little 5-yard passes and he'll find Edelman and then Gronk and then Edelman and it'll just go down and down and they can do 10 20 you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field he can't be Patrick Mahomes yep okay so that's it for our uh not 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 a single one of us have this has the Super Bowl predicted the same way right now Brian has New Orleans versus Kansas City I have the Rams versus Kansas City uh, Dangles has the Rams versus New England I am the only one who has the same Super Bowl prediction as I had I realized a few weeks this earlier ago in my in the beginning uh, of the wild card yeah I I predicted before the playoffs began that we would have a Rams and Kansas City Super Bowl I'm still predicting that Brian wanted a, Kansas, uh, a Los Angeles Chargers New Orleans Super Bowl. Los Angeles couldn't make that happen. And Dangles picked a New England versus New Orleans Super Bowl. Instead, right now he has the Rams versus New England. Either way, I think we're heading towards a fantastic matchup of Super Bowl weekend, and I am excited for this Sunday championship weekend. The weekend after this, we'll be doing the Coasties during the Pro Bowl. We should be watching the Royal Rumble instead, and then after that, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. And if we are so lucky to get the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl, we might have to change our sign-off. We might have to do something else other than a ram it because they deserve more than just that. And we'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll think of something. But for the Left Coasters podcast, my name is Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. I'm excited for this weekend. The Rams are still playing. They're in the final four. Chargers, you gave it a good run. I can't wait to see you next year. We will break down your offseason when it is time. But for now, it is all about the Ram, ram it. it.
downstairs. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.